You know how we do it, live, back in action, ground and pound style through your radio dial, taking it from the 49-yard line to the house. This is the 49ers Forecast. My name is Jason Fearman. Contact me on Twitter at SportsProfit1, especially for my Q&A session. I always appreciate when the listeners get involved and bring their opinions to the table. I love it, guys. Love the debates. This show is presented by the Sports Column in conjunction with Root 4 Sports. And if you aspire to be a sports writer, then go to thesportscol.com. That's thesportscol.com and submit your article. Well, fellow 49er faithful, our Narnas took an L in week one, but we're moving on, traveling to my old home in the Northeast from New York as they're in town to take on the Jets in week two. And then the Giants in the following week, week three. Here to help me break that down and a lot more to lend his football knowledge to us. Joining me today on the 49ers forecast is a man who knows and loves his sports and is very loyal to his Detroit sports teams. I welcome in Mr. Brian Dudek. Brian, great to have you on the show for the first time. The pleasure is all mine, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, really, look, again, the pleasure is mine, man. We converse all the time on Twitter, and I love it. You're always backing up the show with the retweets and everything. And, uh, yeah, we have a great time conversing on Twitter. So I it's like, why not? Let's bring him in and have him on the show, man. That'll be a lot of fun. So, yeah, you're here, man. I'm really happy that you are. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So I really appreciate you joining me today, 49 of Faithful out there. He's going to help me bring this all down. And also, you know, third and three podcast this past Wednesday, me and my teammates had an absolute amazing time doing our show with a whole bunch of NFL action, but also the absolutely hilarious segments and statements from my co-hosts, the real deal, Damian Adams and tricky Nikki G bring it every week. So it was always a shout out to my teammates on third and three. We'll be back Wednesday to go over all the NFL action from week two, looking ahead to week three when we get there. Uh, also, real quick, shout out to a former co-host of mine, Jacob Barner, who came on the show a few days ago. I was very happy very happy to have him on. Jacob is a legit 49ers fan for a long time, and he gets very deep. He gets really – he breaks that stuff down, man. He breaks it down. And so shout out to Jacob, man. You can check him out on his show called The 49ers Brawl. So excellent job by him. But now, again, for today's guest of honor, Brian, I am really glad you're here and really appreciate you taking the time to hang out for a bit on the show. I'd love it if you gave our listeners a quick summary of your sports life and what draws you to certain teams, players, games, whatever it may be. So let me give you the floor for a few minutes, bud. All right. I, 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 was, I was born, born in Michigan. So, so, so I'm very loyal to all the local Detroit sports teams, the, the Detroit Lions, Pistons, Red Wings, and Tigers. And, and my family recently moved to South Carolina, so I ended up following them down here. But, but I still follow all, all the local Michigan teams. Yeah, I'm born in Michigan. I will follow all the Michigan teams and be a fan of all those teams until the day, day I die. <laughs> like that. I like that. That's good. And you know what? In, in your time, you know, you and I are around the same age. I'm not going to give out the number right now, but we're around the same age. So you've seen some, you know, championships out of your Detroit Red Wings. You've seen some, um, you know, action out of your Tigers, actually. And, uh, you know, even more into basketball, the Pistons in the late 80s were doing a really good job. And then even into the early 2000s. So you've seen your share of championships, just not in football, my brother. That's gotta. That's gotta hurt a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's the one team that, that I that I would love to see win a championship. Hey, the, the Lions are the only team that hit that. The, their last playoff win came in 1991 against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, so it, you're talking at least 20 plus years since they they've had that they've had a playoff win. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, but you see, that's the beautiful thing, though, what I love talking to guys like you who are true sports fans and loyal to their team for as long as you have been. You don't abandon ship. You know, the, the story, how did I become a 49er fan, is real simple. My father is a front runner. 
I was born in 1980, and the Niners won all those championships in the 80s, so he made me a 49er fan before I can even think about it, before I had a choice. So I stuck around. He abandoned ship, but, you know, for us for, you know, 30, 40-plus years, whatever it may be, yeah, we've been real fans of our team, and that just goes to show you with the lines, especially Barry Sanders having all that hope back in the day, you know, like in the mid-'90s. But never quite getting there. Got to the NFC Championship though against the Redskins when they won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, that, 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 that's the closest they've they've come to even going to the Super Bowl. It really is. I know. Until then, it, it, remember Scott it, Scotty Mitchell came along. They thought he was going to be the savior, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's how football is. You know, one year you're like a a, a god at quarterback. The next year it's like, yeah, forget about this guy. Get him out of here. Unbelievable. All right, real quick, neighborhood news. And we're going to talk more, obviously, with Brian over here. Football action for you guys on the 49er forecast. Again, presented by the Sports Column. Let's roll over here. Neighborhood news, really, really quick. And you guys know the, the little jingle that we play. Oh, who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood, in your neighborhood, say. All right, we got the neighborhood action coming up right now. Some bad news for the 49ers right off the bat. Just came down about an hour or two ago at the latest that George Kittle's not going to play against the Jets. Now, it is the Jets, and that's all well and good and everything, but the injury that George Kittle's suffering right now is not a good thing. Hopefully, this is more of a precaution that they're sitting him out but he is ruled out for the Jet game, as is Richard Sherman. He's on IR for at least the next month. So the 49ers having problems uh, all over the place. They're looking for wide receivers as Debo Samuel, also not going to see the field for a couple of more weeks. Brandon Ayuk, we're waiting to come back. So the 49ers went ahead and they signed Mohamed Sanu, who the uh, New England Patriots had just released uh, about a week ago. So um, him being very familiar, uh, Brian, with uh, Coach Shanahan in Atlanta, he felt like he wanted to pick up Sanu and get some extra offensive power because right now they're lacking it. So you got to have some backup, man. You know how it goes. Yeah. And, and, and that was my thing with the 49ers is seeing Samuel out and then I heard Kittle got injured. Mm-hmm. I, I had them in Seattle as probably – between them two finishing first and second in the division. Yeah. But, but, but then, you know, and, and with Emmanuel Sanders going, going to the Saints, all, all of a sudden, you, you're all three big playmakers are right there on offense. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. It's going to be tough, a lot tougher for the 49ers. And again, injuries play a major part into it. Uh, look, yeah, a little more neighborhood news. Speaking of uh, 49ers trying to get wide receivers, I would love it if they got – Allen Robinson from the Chicago Bears. I'm sure you'd be happy about that also, getting him out of your division. Uh, but, yeah, we would, I would love to get that guy right now. Not not that there's any trade rumors that I've heard, but Allen Robinson is, I wouldn't say top-notch wide receiver, but a hell of a wide receiver that we could really use right now. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, more 49er news for you. Back in the mix, actually got a touchdown in week one despite the loss. Last night, uh, well, actually, before I get into last night, a little bit more, Chris Godwin uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We already had Mike Evans uh, with his injury, but Godwin still in concussion protocol, may not even play Sunday for Tampa, who's looking to go 1-1 one and one and not 0-2 oh with the Tampa Bay Brady Buccaneers, whatever the hell you want to call them. It also doesn't look good for uh, the Saints with Michael Thomas. Uh, Monday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders and really bad news that came out of last night's game, which we're going to get into now, Brian. Uh, Bengals tight end C.J. Uzama, who had a TD catch, um, unfortunately tore his Achilles and he's out for the year. So Guy Shines has a touchdown grab, first one thrown by by Joe Burrow, the rookie quarterback, first overall pick in the draft, who I want to talk about in that game with you right now. But that's unfortunate for Uzama right there. So speaking of which, again, let's get into the game. You saw the game. I saw the game last night. I'd like to get your initial thoughts because I have a ton of reaction to it in a game where we didn't expect it to be that high scoring. But the Cleveland Browns ended up winning 35 to 30 when it was all said and done. So what are your initial thoughts? First of all, I, I I was very very surprised with how high the score was. Yeah, I, I mean, 
Cincinnati, I mean, there's only so much Joe Burrow can do for them at quarterback. So, so the so the Bengals fans need to be patient patient with with him because he, he made some really good plays. But 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 at times, he, his first year, he was he wasn't able to pick up on on some blitzes and he took some big sacks back there. And the Browns offensively, I was really surprised with what they did. I know they played Baltimore in the first week, and Baltimore is them and Pittsburgh are probably the two top teams in the AFC North. For but sure. I, I was surprised how easily they were able to move the ball up and down the field against the Bengals defense last night. Yeah, I know it's Cincinnati. I understand that. And, you know, they were looking good for a while. They, you know, only held the Chargers to, what, 16 points last week. Um, I know the game is at home. But, yeah, I mean, look, there's a reason why they paid Kareem Hunt $13 million over the next two years. You don't do that to a backup running back, especially when you got a guy like Nick Chubb. So that shows you what they want to do is run the football and play better defense than what they did last night. Now, the 30 points that the Bengals scored, Brian, is a little misleading. A lot of it was toward the end of the game where they're playing that so-called prevent defense and whatnot, which I can't stand. It drives me crazy, and that's a whole other story altogether, Brian, why it seems like teams that are you know playing hurry-up offense in the shotgun, four wide receivers are able to score touchdowns within two minutes every time because the defense is either playing prevent defense or what. I don't know, but – Maybe NFL offenses should pick that up all over the place. But despite that, the Browns had the lead. They were in control all game. Like you said, the running game was outstanding. They ran for over 200 yards. But let me tell you, what really impressed me, what stood out, despite the Browns' win, well, you know, which I picked last night um, against my teammates on third and three, Joe Burrow looks like an NFL quarterback to me. There is no doubt in my mind it's only week two and I watched every second of that game, Brian, and he and look, he made rookie mistakes. Let's not kid ourselves over here, all right? But the way that he's able to read a defense, his accuracy, this kid is an NFL quarterback. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, he, 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 he looks really good out there. I, I mean, without Sanu now, it, it's going to hinder, hinder with what they do for, for some, some more weapons from on, on offense. But the, 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 the line, line was okay, but it looked like at times they weren't picking up players and they were allowing a, a, allowing play, player, defensive players to, to get back at them a little quicker than what they should have. Sure. Yep. Yeah, like Miles Garrett, you know, there was that big play where he had the strip sack and then the, you know, fumble. They got it on the one-yard line, so... Yeah, there are things they got to clean up. Offensive line is definitely one you want to protect your rookie quarterback. I mean, obviously, and he looks like he's their future. That there is no doubt about it. Look, Joe Burrow is the future. I was not sure. I'm not a big college guy, Brian. So I know he had the great year at LSU last year. Before that, I know he was at Ohio State. Didn't work out. Transferred. Yada yada. The story is being written right now, but the Cincinnati Bengals got their quarterback for the next however many years. And if they can surround him with some pretty good talent, then you know what? They'll be back in the playoffs before you know it. So very interesting last night. Yes, the Browns win their 1-1. The Bengals fall to 0-2. Now, no big expectations for them this season. But it was a very entertaining game. And that's you never know. Look, you can have the Browns and the Bengals play. I say it all the time. And it could be the best game of the entire week. And that was a very entertaining game last night. If you did not see it, maybe check out NFL Network or something and, you know, see where it's at. But, you know, Brian – the great thing about a brand new season is hope. It's a fresh start, and we tend to look at the positives more than the negatives because we want to be optimistic going into the season. I'm a bit guilty of that with my 49ers almost every year, although I try to keep it in balance. But I'm curious what your expectations were for the Lions going into this season in 2020. Do you think they were going to contend? Did you think because Stafford is coming back they were going to be a different team DeAndre Swift obviously drafting him. Is the defense going to be better? What you know, you know this team better than I do. So what were you thinking before this year started? I, 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 I was more optimistic for him this season. What was Stafford coming back? I figured offensively they'd be better. And and then when they took Okuya with their with the second pick, 
you, you know, defensively, I would I was hoping they were going to be better, but after that first week, their big problem offensively is they'll start is they'll get a good drive going, but then once they get inside the twenty, they seem to to, to stall out and they have to settle for a lot of field goals. Yep, and field goals aren't going to win you a lot of games. And, and then defensively, first three quarters. Granted, it was Mitchell Trubisky, but he 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 wasn't doing anything. He was like nine of twenty two, and, and then they let him go and put up twenty one points in the fourth quarter to to, to win the game. You, you, you just can't give up twenty one points in the fourth quarter. You have to find a way to just control the ball as best you can. And, and also, that was coaching decisions. Kick, trying a fifty-five yard field goal to give them give them a short field to come mm-hmm. down to make it a one possession game. Yep, yep. Still, it, it's not a very good. No, and you're pointing out a lot of good things right now. And you know, it's funny. You know, you mentioned Matt Patricia, the the head coach for the Lions. My my, my co-host Damian, who I mentioned before in third and three, is always busting on the Lions. Uh, because of Matt Patricia and the fact that he's wearing a pencil that never leaves his thick hair and his ear and everything. He just, he can't get enough of that. He's always going crazy about the pencil and the ear and everything. It's really something else. That's a side note. But other than that, yeah, one about the game, they were, they were controlling the game the whole time. You know, um, I was trying to watch as many games as I could as at once. So obviously I couldn't watch every play of the game, but it seemed like Detroit had this one. And then you're right. The fourth quarter comes around and they let up 21 points. And this is what Mitch Trubisky can do. Sometimes he'll play terrible 58 minutes. He'll play horrible for basically the whole game, but because of his athletic ability and the way defenses get to tense up, like we were talking about, and prevent and get a little worried, you know, you know, I don't want to blow my assignment, whatever it is this and that mental games. Look what happens. They end up, you know, letting the, the you know, letting them the Bears come down and score touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, then still having a chance to win the game, Brian, had to make you sick to death. The rookie, DeAndre Swift, who is you know, hopefully going to be your future for the next at least maybe four or five years at running back, dropping the ball that was right between the numbers. That that's got to kill you, man. Oh yes, that 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 that, that was a kick killer. I mean, it, it, the game he had the game one right there. He just holds on to that ball. It's touchdown. Lions kicked that extra point, and and he went win the game because I mean. Barring the Bears returning the kickoff all the way, you're going to have like five, six seconds left to throw a Hail Mary. Right. Exactly. And then the game is over, you know. So it's, look, these things happen once in a while <laughs> to the best of them, whether you're a rookie or a veteran wide receiver. Jerry Rice has dropped balls in his life. It happens. But. At that moment, you just got to feel terrible for that rookie. That really hurt right there. And look, um, before the season started, I didn't have the Lions in the playoffs necessarily because I thought, again, the division with Green Bay and Minnesota was going to be a little bit tougher, uh, which I still do. But I thought Detroit would be a better team, and I still do think they will be a better team. Matthew Stafford has got to stay healthy, number one. Jeffrey Okuda's got to do his job at cornerback. He's only played one game so far. So, you know, we need to see a lot more than that. They're going up against Green Bay this weekend, which we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, but yes, that's just a loss where it's like, wow, we should definitely be one and zero. And they walked out of there with a loss that never should have happened at home. And I don't know if you want to call that typical Lions stuff. You know, I really don't know what it is, but that's just one of those heartbreakers right there. And I feel for you going zero and one, and now having to play Green Bay in the second week, another tougher task right there. But Besides all that and knowing what happened, this could be a learning experience. Do you think going forward, the Lions learn from this already in week one? And do you still look at them as like, you know what? They could be a team that can maybe not make a run to the playoffs, but at least be respectful in the in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're going to learn, learn from, from, from what happened. And, and I think they'll probably tighten things up defensively and 
as good as to Stafford is, sometimes he, he makes bad decisions, which all quarterbacks do. I, I mean, there was four and a half minutes a little left. He, they were inside Bears territory, and then he takes an 18-yard sack. Mm-hmm. Just, you can't do that. And then after the Bears get the touchdown to make it a one-possession game, first play from squ- First, first play from scrimmage, he throws an interception deep in deep in their own territory, which allows the Bears an easy touchdown to take the lead. So he, he Stafford has to make better decisions at times with the ball. Absolutely, and, and they just need to get their defense tightened up. Yeah, and look, Stafford's a, Stafford's a veteran, you know, so he knows what he's doing by now. And uh, look, I know they keep suffering injuries after injuries, and it's really – that's a rough thing. You know, it's uh, – you know, Charles Johnson's not out there anymore doing his thing, Megatron, you know. Uh, so it's really tough when you don't have guys like that, obviously. And there's a lot of number one wide receivers in the NFL. Detroit doesn't really seem to necessarily have one. They have pretty good ones, but Galladay, you got to stay in the field. I like Marvin Jones – Maybe see a little more out of the tight ends. Uh, Detroit, let's see what goes on with them. I'm rooting for them. I got a soft spot for the Lions. I definitely do. As far as my Niners, real quick, um, the way I went into the season, I was very optimistic, but I did not expect all these injuries, and that's the problem. But bottom line is is that, you know, we got a guy like Jarek McKinnon. He's back. We can run the ball. We can throw, you know, out of a wishbone-type offense the way that we move around, the way that we have motion before the ball is even snapped. So the 49ers need to concentrate on running the ball, working off play action for some easy throws over the middle for Jimmy G because we know he's not going to hit the bomb. So stick with what got you to the Super Bowl last year. Run the ball, play defense, but – One thing you can't avoid is injuries. And I know you as a Lions fan can speak to that as we were just talking about. Got to stay healthy, talking about Matthew Stafford. That's one thing you just cannot avoid. And it happens. It happened in Philadelphia before they went into the playoffs last year, which really gave them no shot whatsoever as Carson Wentz managed to stay healthy until the first quarter. But health is a major, major thing. And again, it's just, you know, kind of, you know, luck of the draw. And that's why you have to have a deep roster. And that's why you have to practice a lot and efficiently. So this is where coaching comes in big time. And I wanted to ask you if you think that Matt Patricia is the right coach for the Lions going into the future. I I, I don't think Matt Patricia is the, the, the right coach for this team. I, 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 I think at, at some point that they're going to have to try and find, find, find a, an, another coach. He's probably better suited as a defensive coordinator because that's where where he he's what he's best known for, especially from his days with the Patriots. Yeah, for sure. I'm just not sure, like who who's all out there that they could go and get. I mean, you'd have to probably try and could go. I, I've I've heard people talk about like trying to get either De- Devo. So Sweeney from Clemson, but I don't think he's going to leave Clemson. No. Maybe get Urban, maybe get try and get Urban Meyer to come out of retirement from his gig on Fox College Football to coach the team. Yeah, that's wishful thinking right there, man. Right. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, I mean, no offense, but you know, if it, not not to the Detroit Lions, if it was like a Patriots job or Seattle, Green Bay, maybe I don't know. Maybe that'd be a different story, but. Yeah, with Detroit, I'm not sure they want to go there. Gosh, the 0 16, you know, years ago, and yeah, we need we need to see more out of Detroit, and you know, it may be after the Matthew Stafford era, to be honest with you. So, look, that's the way it's going right now, unfortunately for this team. But still, again, I, I'm I'm optimistic that they will get better. I just don't know how much longer Matthew Stafford has, and I, Matthew Patricia, like you said. He's not the guy for me. He's not the guy for you. He's not the guy for the franchise. This could be his last year. And like you said, who do you get? Yeah, maybe you go through the college ranks. Maybe you find an offensive coordinator, pull what Cleveland did and get a Kevin Stefanski from Minnesota. I'm not sure, but there's always guys that come out and shine. Somehow, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs, maybe they jump on him early, maybe even a midseason type of thing and a little under-the-table deal. I don't know, but... Something has got to change. They have enough weapons to get the job done. 
and I just think they need to be better coached, and I think they will be able to get the job done. Right now, Brian and I getting the job done on the 49ers forecast. We do have more for you to come. We got Lions playing the Packers next week. I want to talk about the 49ers playing the Jets next week, uh, in a couple of days from now, I should say. So we're going to munch on that a little bit, all right? And then we're going to talk about a few other key matchups when we come back from the 60-second break. 49ers forecast presented by the Sports Column. We'll be back in 60 seconds. We are back rolling over here on the 49ers forecast. My man Brian Dudek hanging with me, breaking it down, talking some Detroit Lions football, some 49ers football coming at you right now. And we got a few other games that we want to talk about on the NFL schedule week two. Unbelievable. It's here already. Ah, football's back, Brian. Isn't it beautiful? Yes, it is. It's just great. It's great to see all all sports back now. It really is, man. It's man. They're all playing at one time. It's unbelievable. I mean, in basketball, incredible how Denver comes back down uh, from two three to one series, you know, to win that. You got hockey. You got the finals going on right now. Tennis is everything is happening. So let's hope uh, that's an indication of the world uh, getting better. That'll be a beautiful thing. And a beautiful thing is happening right now in the 49ers forecast presented by the Sports Column. Shout out to third and three. We'll see you on Wednesday. But we're going to close things up here with a little more 49ers and Lions talk and then jump into three key matchups we see over the weekend that we want to get into. So, Brian, let's talk about the 49ers real quick. Um, I already talked about what happened in their loss on my previous show um, last week excuse me, a few days ago, uh, what happened last week. So I'm not going to dive too much into that. Um, what I saw out of Kyla Murray was fantastic. Uh, he rushed for 91 yards, and he threw the ball well. Um, DeAndre Hopkins ripped us apart. But the 49ers, again, are not healthy, and they're even less healthy going into this game. But luckily, they're playing the New York Jets, and that's going to be without not just Le'Veon Bell, no Jameson Crowder, their only wide receiver, basically, Sam Darnold is left alone. Jamal Adams left town. C.J. Mosley opted out. I mean, they just have nothing going on. I feel terrible for them. I feel like Sam Darnold is actually a pretty darn good quarterback. If he were in Cleveland, I think they'd be doing some pretty nice things right now. But the Jets have so many problems. And even though the 49ers are limping into this game, I think the defense should be enough to hold them to three, six, maybe nine points. And if Jimmy G could just get it together and, you know, put together a couple of touchdown winning drives, I don't think there should be much to it. No, no I, the, the 49ers should, should win this game by, by, by at least 14, 21 points. The, the Jets, they don't hit, they really don't have a whole lot going. Le'Veon Bell's out. You know, Sam Darnold's the, real, the only real player they have offensively. It, it, and if he doesn't have, have any real real, real, real weapons that can help him out, it, it's it, it's going to be, be really tough. And, and the 49ers defense should, should be able to, to hold, hold, hold the Jets down in this game. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I, I don't see miracles like last. Remember that Cowboys game the Jets had against the Cowboys that came out to score 21 points in like the first 11 minutes of the game or whatever it was and, and you know, like kind of like took off. And then they had a good end of the season at 6-2, and two, but again, like, like we were just talking about injuries, injuries, injuries. These players are not there. And when you don't have top-notch guys and in an offseason like this, with what's been going on, obviously, and not being able to get together, it just makes it that much tougher. And that's why I was saying in the beginning of the year, the teams that who stayed together had the same coach, same quarterback, same core. Those are the teams that are going to keep rolling and rolling. The teams that were just, you know, trying to get put together and have a brand new quarterback or a new coach and, you know, putting pieces together are going to have rougher times. So, 
that's showing itself kind of early. Uh, you know, we saw what Seattle did. They're a team that stayed together. We saw what Baltimore did. They're a team that stayed together. So what the 49ers need to do right now, since they are a team that has stayed together, Brian, the problem, again, like we're talking about, is injuries, playing the Jets. Then we got the Giants the week after. And then we got Philly in week four. And then we should be getting a bunch of guys back for the Dolphins in week five. So luckily, our schedule is not that tough. Even with the Eagles right now, who look pretty crappy and lost the Washington football team, I guess, you know, they just fell asleep in the second half of that game, Brian. So, you know, it's kind of like, remember the year that Tom Brady um, was suspended for the first four games after winning the Super Bowl, and Jacoby Brissett had to hold the fort down, and I believe they went 3-1 and one or whatever it was. So that's kind of like the same mindset, Brian, I have right here, playing the Jets, the Giants, then the Eagles, and then even the Dolphins before we get fully healthy. If the Niners can even manage to go 3-2 and two during that time, I think we're going to be okay going forward. What, what do you think about that concept? Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, say those are four, four games that, that the 49ers should be, be able to win win pretty easily. I, I, I was I watched the Steelers-Giants game Monday night, and Daniel Jones looks, looks good, and Saquon Barkley's good, good out there. But, but Pittsburgh's defense pretty much took over that game after they went up 10-3 to and didn't allow the Giants to score any more points. Definitely. Definitely. And that, you know, and the 49ers defense has the same capability of doing that. Yeah, Daniel Jones can move a little bit, Sam Darnold a little bit, but nothing like Kyler Murray. And that was the problem. And that's the problem with most defenses is those mobile quarterbacks who can make throws on the run. You saw Baker Mayfield do it last night on play action passes. So, again, when, when guys like Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that's why they're MVP candidates year in and year out. Surprisingly, Russell Wilson has never won an MVP, but I did pick him to win it this year. It's his time, and boy, did he have a good start uh, to get things going over there. But, yeah, the 49ers can take advantage of the schedule right now until they get healthy. So I'm not too worried going forward. But if they're going to lose you know, some of these games, then I'll be a little scared. I don't want to go 1-4 and four until we get healthy. That's bad for team morale. Let's talk about another team that does not want to go one and four in the next five weeks. Hopefully something a lot better, but all and two is kind of staring you guys in the face right now. That'd be the Detroit Lions having to play the Packers this week, who just scored what 43 points against the Vikings in Minnesota. I'm not really sure how that happened. I know that Minnesota is missing a lot of their guys in the secondary, um, you know, whether they traded or free agents, whatever it may be. So that's a tough deal right there. But, wow, Aaron Rodgers looked like Russell Wilson. They had, uh, you know, mirror images with four touchdowns, no interceptions. How in the hell are the Lions going to stop the Packers this week? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how they're going to stop the Packers. <laughs> I mean, Aaron Rodgers just finds a way to pick our team's defenses. And even though I thought the Lions were going to be better this year, I – I had Green Bay winning the division, and then I figured Minnesota would probably be second because Kirk Cousins still hasn't shown me enough in Minnesota to make me trust in him leading the team as far as as, as far as they went last season. That's fair. That's fair. No, keep going. I'm agreeing with you. Keep going. I wasn't sure how good Green Bay's defense was going to be this year because the past few seasons they've always been real good offensively, but but their defense has been their biggest Achilles heel, and, and their defense stepped up big time last season. I'm getting them all the way to the NFC Championship against your your 49ers, but the, but the 49ers defense was just a little bit better than, than what the Packers were and, and you guys were able to take advantage of that. So 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 that so this week the, the Lions the Lions and Packers they always seem to play each other really close. So I figure it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a, a, a one score game. It'll be like 35, 28, 31, 24, something like that. But it, 
we all remember what Aaron Rodgers did like two seasons ago on Thursday Night Football when he threw the Hail Mary pass at the end of the game to, to upset the Lions at Fort Field. Oh, yeah. So, so I mean, when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, uh, unless you're up by 20 points with, with like two with a minute left in the game, the game, the game's not, never over with Rodgers back there. Absolutely, and it just boggled my mind how people were not have not been even talking about in the last last year. He had 26, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions, and he's throwing to nobody except for Devontae Adams, who even missed some time. I, it, it boggles my mind that people have just like said, up, oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you know, whatever, his time is over. No, the guy's still fantastic and a top three quarterback in the NFL, top five at worst. So he put on a fantastic performance. It's going to be really tough for you guys this weekend. But that's what Jeffrey Okuda was there, was brought there to do, was to guard guys like Devontae Adams and, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, guys like Adam Thielen, you know, Stefan Diggs, if he were there at the time. So that's why Okuda is there. Let's see if he can get the job done. That's going to be a tough one. Devontae Adams, one of the best in the game. So is Aaron Rodgers. That one's going to be tough. But you know, it was like a pleasant, beautiful surprise. How the hell about Adrian Peterson just putting on a Lions uniform like four minutes before the game, he gets signed, then he goes for 91 yards on the ground? That was incredible. That, 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 that was, and that's always been the one, one, one thing outside of Barry Sanders is the Lions really have not had, had a really good run game. It's always been they're very reliant on their quarterback and wide receivers. I mean, you get Scott Mitchell, Her, Herman Moore, you know, and then Stafford and Calvin Johnson. And it, you've, it, you've always had, like, they draft some running back and, and figure this guy's going to be good and then guy would never pan out and, and they're always a very pass happy team you know even if, if Peterson's there there for one season hopefully he can help teach DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson some stuff so so that so that they're they're better as a run team it in, in two or three years, and depending on how much longer Stafford's with the team, maybe at some point you get a new quarterback in there, and then and you got to, and you're not going to be as pass happy with, with, with your new quarterback, and you got to run game, and, and you can do some play action passing to keep defenses on this if you're able to run the ball. Yeah, and I just love AP. I mean, I. Just really can't believe it. It's amazing. Every time he suits up for a different team, it, it's you know what he's done. We're releasing him, whether it's Washington, Arizona, New Orleans. They all gave up on him. And everywhere he goes, he ends up doing something amazing. So great start for him. And I hope it keeps going uh, for him and for your team over there. We'll see. Um, but uh, we got three We got three games that we want to go through uh, a little quickly over here. But, you know, just get into it. Um, first, Rams-Eagles. Uh Intriguing game over here. Rams 1-0, Eagles uh, 0-1. They should have been 1-0, but again, fell asleep in that second half. And Carson Wentz got sacked eight times, Brian, and that's going to be the problem right here. Look, you got Aaron Donald, you got Michael Brockers. I think that they were going to bust through that offensive line of the Eagles all day. Carson Wentz is going to be running for his life. They're not healthy at all on offense. They definitely still have very solid defense. But when they're going to be on the field all game because they can't do anything offensively, and I think that the Rams are going to win this game. Not going away. It'll be close enough because the Eagles are competitive. But the Rams right now are a better team. And look, to me, games are won at the line of scrimmage. And like I said, that defensive line of the Rams is going to destroy the offensive line of the Eagles, even with Jason Peters in there. God bless him. He's what, 38 right now, 39. I don't know. But that that's my thought right there. That's where the game is won and lost. And that's why I think the Rams are going to win this one. Uh, somewhere around the score of maybe 24 to 17. So not a blowout, but I think they'll win rather comfortably. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the Rams are going to win that game. They, they, looked, they looked like the team they were... 
two seasons ago when they when they went to the, to the Super Bowl, you know, they were able to move the ball offensively with, 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 with some new players. You know, Ty Gurley's gone now. But but the, the Eagles, I mean, you gave up eight sacks to the to the Washington football team, and 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 you don't have Lashawn McCoy in the backfield anymore. So so, Aaron Donald's gonna create a lot of havoc for him. I mean, no doubt. No, yeah, no doubt. This is going to be a tough one for Philly. Uh, yeah, Carson Wentz is really going to have to be on his game, and those receivers are really going to have to be on their game. And like I said, they're already banged up. So this is going to be a tough one, even though it's in Philadelphia. Um, I don't even know if they're allowing fans at the stadium off the top of my head, to be honest with you. But I don't think it matters one way or the other. I think the Rams, so we both agree you get a road win there. Uh, another intriguing game, even though they're both 0-1, are – or is uh, the Falcons at the Cowboys. So the Atlanta Falcons fly into Dallas to play the Cowboys. Um, look, Dallas, uh, yeah, they were, again, one of those teams is like, okay, what's going to happen this year? Are you guys going to be good? Are you not? They played the Rams last Sunday night. It was a close one, 20-17. Um, but they have enough guys where they should win. Their problem is the secondary right now for the Cowboys and ironically the strength for the Falcons is their passing game. So I think they're going to throw for a ton of yards Atlanta between Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. The Cowboys are going to have a rough time in that secondary. I don't think that they're going to be able to blitz much. I think they're going to have to play a lot of nickel and dime packages if they want to have success because the Falcons don't pose a huge running threat, even though they do have Todd Gurley. So look, if Todd Gurley's on his game, the Falcons can win this game, but I'm going to go with the home Cowboys over here because they still got Zeke. You know, they still got Amari Cooper. They still have a pretty damn good defense who, you know, re- who should show up. You know, they only let up 20 points to the Rams and it was in L.A. Uh, so, again, the Falcons, you know, big time offense, but I think the Cowboys can match them offensively and will. And I think that Matty Ice may melt a little bit in the fourth quarter and Dak and the Cowboys get their first win at home to go one and one. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I, I like the like like the Cowboys in this game, and I, I think that the, the big reason why is is, is they have, have Zeke if they're able to get any sort of lead on, on the Falcons, you can just hand the ball off to Zeke and 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 he can run out the clock for you. I saw. I watched the Falcons against the Seahawks, and they defensively they could not stop Seattle at all. No, I mean Russell Wilson just imposed his will on them, and I mean he was thirty-one of thirty-five, and and at least two or three of his incompletions were players just dropping the ball. And and ever ever since they had that big big loss in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Matt Ryan just hasn't been the same quarterback back that he was before that. And, and, and they're a team that if Todd if Gurley can, can control the ball for them somewhat, so they could, they could surprise the Cowboys, but, but they seem to prefer passing even in, even in, in short yards situations, third and one, that they prefer to throw a pass instead of just running for the one, one two yards to pick up the first down. Yep. No. It's, it's like Kyle Shanahan is still there. They haven't learned their lesson where you run the ball, you know, you could win the game. You know, hello, 28-3, to Patriots in the Super Bowl. Hello, last year, you're in the Super Bowl, up by 10 in the fourth quarter. Run the freaking ball. My goodness. When, when are teams ever going to learn? Well, these two teams keep learning, keep growing, keep getting better. It's amazing. When you talk about intact, same staff, same everything, it's unbelievable these two teams even though one of them does have a different quarterback this year however he is an MVP quarterback and I'd be talking about the New England Patriots who will travel cross-country to Seattle to play the Seahawks without the 12th man because let's face it they're not going to have enough people in the stands to make that kind of noise so we'll see if they pump in enough volume but this is the big matchup the key matchup of the week I think Patriots want to know Seahawks want to know we talked about the Seahawks a lot. The Patriots for Cam Newton. How about him? Did a great job. 
uh, 21-11, so they didn't go crazy. They just did what they had to do. And Cam ran the ball a lot, but Seattle will not allow Cam to run the ball the way that they did against Miami. And now that you got Jamal Adams back there, you got Bobby Wagner in the middle, linebacker. Much different story for the Patriots offense going into this one. So they're going to have a much tougher time moving the ball down the field, a much tougher time scoring and putting it into the end zone. Whereas Seattle, I think if they stay away from Stephon Gilmore, they can have a lot of success on the other side and get their running backs coming out of the backfield to make some grabs and also running the ball with Carlos Hyde a little bit, who is another guy who is so good. I don't know why he moves around so much. Same thing with like Brandon Cooks. There's some hidden thing in there. But when it's all said and done, um, I think it'll be a tight game for a while. But in the fourth quarter, I think Seattle pulls away because my MVP, Russell Wilson, will do his thing. What do you say? I, 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 I was thinking the, 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 the same way with, with the Seahawks. It, 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 Cam looked in the, first, in, the, in the first game. But, but they were playing the Dolphins, and I mean, this this week you're going to have to deal with Russell Wilson, a quarterback. You know he's going to be able to move that offense a little bit better than what the, the Dolphins did. And the and the and the Seahawks defense is is, is going to make it a whole lot harder on Cam to to be able to, to run and pass. Yep, no and, doubt. Oh, no. oh, yeah, go ahead. Finish with your final thought. Go ahead, please. So, Belichick's one of the, like, great, greatest coaches and motivators. Like, like he he will, he will finds a way to get the, the, the team ready to play. I, I mean, when Brady was suspended those first four games after the Super Bowl, you could have put a course back there, and and, and he, he would find a way to win at least three of those games with a Corp State quarterback. But Pete Carroll is also, also a, a, a really good coach. He, 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 he like... He, 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 he knows he, he knows how to how, how to get those teams ready and with, with the Seahawks with, with them not having any new players you know they kind of already know know their players whereas Kim's still learning what, what players he has and it'll probably take them a few weeks before they're all on the same page definitely definitely makes sense and you know two guys who seem to be on the same page already is Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, the second-year player, um, he started coming on in his rookie season last year. So I think that we're going to see Stefan Gilmore matched up one-on-one with DK Metcalf. And let's see if there are 50-50 balls thrown up over there. That'll be a really interesting matchup to watch if it goes that way. And if so, Tyler Lockett can have a really, really big game. Watch out. Greg Olson scored for them last week. I don't know, man, but watch out for the Seahawks. I, look, if I had a second choice in the NFC, it would be Seattle to represent the NFC Conference in the Super Bowl. Again, it's only week one, though. We have a long way to go. 15 more games for each team. One more playoff spot this year, obviously, but only one team will get a bye. We have so much more to go, guys. And who knows what the hell is going to happen, man? Anything can happen. Look, the Washington team that has no name, no nickname, beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who are heavily favored. Anything can happen on any given day. So we'll see. And that's why they say any given Sunday. We love football over here. Brian, I can't thank you enough again for coming on and sharing some of your thoughts and knowledge with us. Um, I feel for you and your Lions. Because of you, I'll be rooting for them even a little bit more this year. And we'll be talking down the road for sure. But for everybody listening, please tell them where they can find you on Twitter so they can socialize with you and talk some uh, Detroit sports. Okay. okay. My, my, my Twitter is it, it's Dudek, D-U-D-E-K, at, at Brian, at, at Twitter.com. If you just search for, search for my name, you, you should be able to find me on Twitter. Perfect. Perfect. All right. And make sure you do. Make sure you do. I follow him. We follow each other. We converse. And he's a huge help to me, guys. So I want to give a shout out to you, Brian. Thank you so much for always retweeting, 
um, our shows, you know, whatever comes out with us with third and three and then the 49ers forecast, really appreciate all your support, man. So you've been big time and, and I can't thank you enough and really coming again on the show today, um, helping me out, getting get me through the 49ers forecast, hoping for a win for both our teams this weekend. Hopefully you get a victory over Green Bay, which will make me happy. And I would love for the 49ers to go back to my hometown in New York slash New Jersey over there and take care of the Jets and then the Giants successively in weeks two and three. More to come. Third and three podcasts coming up Wednesday. More 49ers forecasts coming up for you next week as well. But going to take a break on the weekend, watch some football. Brian, I know we got more. We got basketball to watch. We got some NHL to watch. We got a lot of stuff. It's a sports weekend. Most of all, my friend, thank you again. And please be safe and be healthy. You too, Jason, and, and thank you for having me on the show. It, it, it was a great time talking to you and talking about football and sports. And, and have a safe weekend. Well, thank you, Brian. You have a safe one as well. Be, absolutely be safe out there. Wear that mask. Be careful and all that. Brian, can't thank you enough. We will talk soon, my friend. Absolutely. Again, thanks for coming on the show today. Jason, and thank you for having me on the show. Ah, excellent. All right. Great job, my friend. Out of Brian Dudek right there. Can't thank him enough for coming on the show. That was uh, excellent stuff. Actually, uh, his first time. He made his debut on the show. So uh, his, his, actual, his debut um, podcast, as a matter of fact. So there you go. You know, he hooked it up right away. Came in with his Lions knowledge. Gave you some stuff that maybe you didn't know. So, uh, look, let's cheer for the man. Let's cheer for his team. But let's cheer for the 49ers most of all, all right? 49ers forecast, big game against the Jets this weekend. Got to go 1-1, then got to go 2-1 against the Giants. Then we got Philly, we got Miami. Come on, guys, we got to do it. I know that we're not healthy right now, but that's all right. We can take our medicine together, we can get it going, and we can become that number one team in the NFC again. It can, it should, it will happen. Give it time. Until then, 49ers forecast, we are out for now. Have a blessed, blessed day.